अंधकार निरोधित्वा गुरुरीत्यधीयते सदाशिव सरंभाचार्य मध्यमस्मदाचार्यपर्यता वंदे गुरुपरंपरांडी फर्स्ट वर्ष नम श्रीशंकरानंद गुरुपादाबुजन्मने सविलास महामोह ग्राहग्रासकर्मणे The author begins the text with an invocation <coughs> of the nature of namaskara, salutation to the teacher as well as salutation to the Lord. As it was explained yesterday, Shankarananda, the word Shankara was explained as that which brings about happiness and the one who truly brings about happiness is Lord or Paramatma. So Shankara means Brahman. और परमात्मा आनंद मीन्स जॉय एंड देर वेर यू रियली फाइंड जॉय इज योर सेल्फ बिकॉज द सेल्फ इज द लोकस ऑफ ऑल द लव एंड जॉय मस्ट बी वेर द लव इज एंड देर फर आनंद और हैप्पीनेस मीन्स द जीवा सेल्फ दस शंकर मीन्स द लॉर्ड आनंद मीन्स जीवा द शंकर आनंद दिस shows both the aikya the identity between jiva and ishvara the lord and the individual <coughs> and this shankarananda the lord himself is a guru he himself is a teacher because he alone comes in the form of teacher imparts the teaching to the students to the disciples so that they can overcome all the obstacles in their knowledge and so this task is in fact performed by the lord himself in the form of teacher acharya murtistha the lord obtaining in the form of acharya he alone does it therefore this shankarananda himself is the guru the teacher and is shri shankarananda shri so shri means aishwarya means also power this guru is possessed of different kind of power which is necessary to bless the students <coughs> Now, this much we discussed yesterday. Shri Shankarananda Guru. But the author is saluting not to the Guru, but is saluting the lotus feet of the teacher. <coughs> And that also we saw Guru Pada Ambu Janmane. Ambu Janman. Ambu Janman means that which is born in water, means lotus. So, Namaha Shri Shankarananda Guru Pada Ambu Janmane. salutation to the lotus feet of my teacher shri shankarananda <coughs> okay now what's the nature of this lotus feet what does it do <coughs> so now going to the next page the tigakara asked this question <coughs> in the first line kim vidhaya he says 
what's the nature of this lotus feet <coughs> that is being stated in the second line of the verse savilasa mahamoha graha grasaika karmane again a big word a compound word consisting of several words <coughs> first word is savilasa then mahamoha graha grasa eka karmane <coughs> what is savilasa again savilasa is consisting of two elements sa and vilasa so the tikakara the commenter explains vilasa hai karyavarga hai vilasa hai means sport so this ignorance here is compared to a shark and ignorance sports ignorance has its own it spreads itself in the form of different effects as we said yesterday the first product of ignorance is ahankara the sense of individuality a sense of individuality which separates me or isolates me from everything else sense of individuality is fine if it did not do any damage but it isolates me separates me from everything else so aham the sense of individuality from that mama the sense of mindness that this is mine and raga dvesha the likes and dislikes all of this is karya varga all of these are the products of ignorance and that is called vilasaha ignorance in fact obtains or ignorance spreads in the form of ignorance sports in the form of this ahankara mamakara raga dvesha so savilasa means vilasena saha vartate iti savilasaha that ignorance obtains along with its army or along with its progeny along with its effect and that alone is evam vidho yo mahamoha savilasa mahamoha moha means aviveka non discrimination or delusion mahamoha the great delusion what is the great delusion mool agnyanam that ignorance of myself ignorance of the nature of the self which creates all kinds of confusion all kinds of uh commits when which is the cause of all kinds of errors mool <coughs> agnyanam so ignorance is conceived of in two stages one is called mool agnyanam other is called tool agnyanam the ignorance original ignorance and the products of ignorance in fact agnyanam or ignorance something that you cannot see you can't perceive that is not a perceptible object but what you can perceive or experience is the effects of ignorance just as the seed or the root of a tree is underground is not manifest to the eyes what you perceive is the tree but from the presence of the tree we infer the presence of the root and similarly also from the presence of the effects we infer the presence of the cause so this was discussed elaborately in the brahma sutra introduction as to how there is what we call adhyasa a superimposition taking one thing to be other than what it is just as a rope is taken to be a snake or a mother of pearl is taken to be silver and so also atma the self who is limitless is taken to be a limited thing <coughs> so this error is evident everywhere and error can be possible only when there is ignorance so from the error which we experience or which we observe from that 
we infer the presence of Ajnanam or ignorance. So we have ignorance and the products of ignorance which is error. And that itself is grahasaiva grahaha. Graha means a shark. Makaradivat. A big shark. Why do you call this ignorance and the samsara born of ignorance? Why do we compare it with shark? Says the commentator, Makaradivat Svasham Praptasya Adiva Dukhetutva. A crocodile. If a crocodile catches hold of you or hold of then what? The one who comes under the grasp of the crocodile, the crocodile becomes the cause of a tremendous suffering. Before you die, but then is a lot of suffering involved, you know. So that's what crocodile does. It, it, it inflicts a tremendous amount of suffering to the one who comes under its grasp and so also this ignorance and the products of ignorance, what we call samsara, inflicts the same kind of suffering to the one who comes under its its spell, so svavasam praptasya ativa dukkhayetutvad, because ignorance is the cause of a tremendous amount of suffering by the one who is under the spell of, for the one who is under the spell of ignorance. Such a big shark of ignorance, what does this teacher do? Or his lotus feet, what do they do? Tasya grasaha grasanam, he swallows the shark. The shark swallows us and he swallows the shark of ignorance. The lotus feet, in fact, the lotus feet of the teacher swallow the shark of ignorance. How can lotus swallow anything? There is not swallowing involved here, but then what happens by swallowing is disappearance. When it says swallow, then whatever is swallowed disappears from our side. And so also the lotus feet have the ability to destroy ignorance and therefore it is said that the lotus feet swallow this shark of ignorance. Saiva ekam mukhyam karma vyaparaha. That's the eka karma, the mukhya, the principal task, the, the main function that the teacher or the lotus feet of the teacher perform is called savilasa mahamoha graha grasaika karmane. <coughs> so the second line, savilasa mahamoha graha grasaika karmane, that's the second line. So that means that this lotus feet whose principal job or the principal task is to swallow the shark of ignorance along with all its products. So this is what the lotus feet of my teacher, what, what the teacher can do, God alone knows. Even the lotus feet of the teacher can do this. Understand, this is the adjective of this lotus feet. <coughs> so what do we learn from this? The commentator proceeds to show us what does this verse point out? It is directly what it states is the salutation to the teacher and the Lord. In so doing, also certain things are pointed out or certain things are indicated. What is it that is indicated? Says the commentator, Atracha Shankarananda Padadvaya Samanadikaranyena Jiva Brahmanoho Ekatvalakshano Vishayaha Shankarananda Shankara and Ananda, these are the two words, Padadvaya, the two words, Shankara and Ananda, Samana, Adhikaranyana, both of them are placed in the same Adhikarana, same locus. Swamiji must have explained to you what is Samana, Adhikaranyam. Vinna pravritta nimittanam padanam ekasmin arthe tatparyam. 
एक विभक्ति का नाम पदा नाम एक सामानाधिकरण्यम मीनिंग दैट द वर्ड्स ऑल कन्वे डिफरेंट मीनिंग्स बट देन द वर्ड्स है सेम लोकस सो शंकरा कन्वेज वन मीनिंग इट कन्वेज अ मीनिंग ऑफ लॉर्ड परमात्मा आनंदा कन्वेज अन मीनिंग जीवात्मा बट बोथ ऑफ देम है सेम लोकस दैट शोज दैट बोथ ऑफ देम रिफर टू द सेम एंटिटी otherwise they will not be in the same locus two things cannot exist simultaneously in one place unless both of them refer to the same thing otherwise two separate things cannot be in one place at one time but what is done grammatically is is a, is a wonderful thing that this this is a very a grammatical wonder that two apparently different looking and different meaning words are placed in the same locus and thereby the identity between the two is indicated that unless both of them meant the very same thing they could not have been in the same adhikaranam so shankara and ananda paramatma and jivatma must be identical that is what is indicated by placing them in the same locus in the nominative case <coughs> so ananda is jiva shankara is brahma and both of them are in the same locus jiva brahmano ho एकत्व लक्षण है द आइडेंटिटी बिटवीन जीव एंड ब्रह्म दैट इज व्हाट इज पॉइंटेड आउट बाय शंकरानंद एंड दैट फॉर्म्स अ वेरी सब्जेक्ट मैटर ऑफ द होल टेक्स्ट विषय है विषय यस्टरडे दैट फॉर एवरी टेक्स्ट दिस फोर फोर फैक्टर्स मस्ट बी वेरी क्लियर इन द बिगिनिंग इटसेल्फ फर्स्ट इंपॉर्टेंट फैक्टर इज विषय है दिस सब्जेक्ट मैटर सो व्हाट इज गोइंग टू बी द सब्जेक्ट मैटर ऑफ दिस टेक्स्ट शंकरानंद इज अ सब्जेक्ट मैटर what is it the identity between jiva and brahma this is what will be unfolded in this text throughout <coughs> and what does it mean this jiva is identical to brahma the individual self is identical to brahman what is brahman of the nature of limitlessness of the nature of ananda so the diga garasas jivasya bhuma brahma rupataya aparichinna sukha virbhava lakshanam प्रयोजनम च सूचितम न वॉट हैपन्स इज इफ जीवा इज इंडीड ब्रह्म देन वॉट इज इट दैट इनफैक्ट डिप्राइज इम ऑफ द जॉय ऑफ बींग ब्रह्म इग्नरेंस एंड सो रिमूवल ऑफ इग्नरेंस वॉट इट डज इट इट जस्ट मेक्स मैनिफेस्ट वॉट इज ऑलरेडी देयर लाइक देर मे बी ए स्टैच्यू एंड देर मे बी ए वेल इन फ्रंट द स्टैच्यू यू अनवेल द स्टैच्यू but unveiling what is done is what is already there is just made manifest like the clouds covering the sun when the clouds go away the sun which is already shining just becomes manifest and so also this bhuma bhuma means the uh, bhuma means big or abundant so bhuma means limitless bhuma brahma rupataya since jiva is revealed here to be brahman which is limitless that limitlessness or that ananda which is veiled by ignorance by removal of the ignorance that ananda which is already there just becomes manifest so aparichinna sukha sukha means happiness which is aparichinna not limited by anything that limitless happiness avirbhava lakshanam avirbhava avirbhava means what manifestation <coughs> so what is prayojanam what is it that we attain by the knowledge of the identity between jiva and brahma 
What do we attain? We attain that limitless happiness which was veiled by ignorance and which becomes manifest when the veil of ignorance is removed. <coughs> this is the prayajanam, the purpose of the study of the text. The, the subject matter may be great, but if it does not help us, then it doesn't, the text may discuss relativity, cosmos, all kinds of things it may discuss. They may consider the very important topics, but so what? If by gaining that knowledge, do I become any different from what I am? If I don't, then there is no point in that knowledge. Here on the other hand, this knowledge unveils that Ananda which is my true nature, and that is the Paramapurusharsa, that is what I have been seeking throughout my life, and thus this very knowledge becomes a direct means for attainment of the goal of my life. <coughs> that is Prayojanam Samoksha. Savilasa Ityadina, by that this is indicated <coughs> that the, the Guru eliminates ignorance and unveils the Ananda. Nishesha Anartha Nivritti Lakshanam Prayojanam Mukhataha Eva Abhitam Mukhataha, the, the Granthakara, the, the author directly says, Mukhata means in words, in fact the, the author indicates what? Nishesha Anartha Nivritti Lakshanam Prayojanam. So Moksha or, or Moksha is considered to be freedom or liberation is considered to be two things. One is what? The Atyantika Dukkha Nivritti, the total elimination of all suffering and niradesaya ananda avaptihi, attainment of the ananda which is limitless. Although both are simultaneous, but still. Sukha prapti, dukkha nivritti, attainment of happiness and elimination of suffering. It is said this way because there are some people who believe that these two are different things. The nayayikas, they believe that these two are different things. That elimination of suffering is one thing, Attainment of happiness is another thing. So the thing. We don't say that. But still, the, this goal is achieved by elimination of ignorance, is elimination of all the suffering. Because suffering was there only because of ignorance. There's no reason for suffering. All other reasons may be there, you know, psychological reasons, etc. Of course. But ultimately, behind all of them, what's the reason? There may be, we may trace all of our suffering due to our upbringing and all kinds of things, no doubt. But even then, what can cause, any situation can cause me suffering only when there is ignorance, otherwise no situation can cause me suffering. If I know who I am, if I know the true nature of myself, no situation can influence me at all. The fact that situation can influence me and make me suffer is because I am ignorant. As in Viveka Chudamani, Shankaracharya very beautifully says, ignorance has two aspects. One is veiling the nature of reality. And second is creating a misapprehension or a wrong comprehension about the reality. Idea is committing an error. So, when a a rope is taken to be a snake, two things are involved there. One is ignorance of the rope and second is mistaking the rope to be the snake. If I merely did not know the rope, well, that would not have been a problem. But taking the rope to be the snake is a problem. So, this, this, this veiling of the rope is called avaranam, veiling. And taking a rope to be a snake is called vikshepa. <coughs> vikshepa means creation or projection, superimposition. 
So only when this avaranam is there, then alone the Vikshepa can create problem. If ignorance is there, then alone the superimposition can create the problem. Samsara can create problem only to the one who is ignorant. Otherwise samsara cannot create a problem for the wise man. And for that a beautiful illustration is given by Shankaracharya. <clears throat> In this kind of weather, when the sun is veiled by clouds, at that time the wind is scorching. So wind is compared to what we call samsara, the different experiences. When the sun is veiled by the cloud of ignorance, then alone these experiences will be will create all kinds of inflictions upon us. But when the sun shines, then the very wind becomes pleasant. When sun does not shine, the wind becomes tormenting. When the sun shines, the very wind becomes pleasant. And so also in ignorance that all experiences of our life are tormenting. When knowledge is there, the very same experiences become only what? Occasions for pleasure. Well, you don't need it. So idea is that if we feel that our suffering is due to the world or due to situations, we must also know that Another factor is present there, namely ignorance. Had ignorance not been there, no situation could create suffering for me. But situations do create because of ignorance. And so, it is necessary that ignorance must go, then all the suffering automatically goes away. <coughs> and then the joy or the ananda that is my true nature becomes evident. So, nishesha anartha nivritta lakshanam prayojanam also there is a total elimination of all the suffering in life and there is attainment of the limitless joy both of these are accomplished by the removal of ignorance this is the prayojanam this is the purpose of this text so two things are indicated by the first verse one is the vishaya the subject matter which is identity between jiva and brahma and second is prayojanam the purpose that by knowledge of that identity there is a total cessation of all suffering and there is manifestation or evidence of the ananda. <coughs> then a third thing, Adhikari, who is the one who is a fit student or who is the one who will be most benefited by the study of the text that is stated in the second verse as the Tikagara says introducing the second verse Idanim avantara prayojana kasana purasaram yanantharambham pratijanite. Avantara prayojanam. There is a mukhya prayojanam, avantara prayojanam. The primary purpose and the secondary purpose. Avantara means secondary. What is the secondary purpose of the text? Knowledge. So knowledge of the self is the secondary purpose. What's the primary purpose? Liberation. So moksha is the primary purpose. But what is the means for moksha? Knowledge. Knowledge becomes the secondary purpose of the text. So avantar prayojana kathana purasaram. And other thing is also adhikari. The next verse also shows who is adhikari or the fit student for this text. Kranthāraṁ bham patijāni de. And then the author does the pratigna makes the proposition of Granthārambha for commencement of the text. So second verse tells us two things, who is Adhikari, who is a fit student, and also tells us that the purpose of this text is to give the knowledge of the self, and that is with that 
he proposes the commencement of the text. <coughs> so we read the second verse. Tatpadam Buruhadvandva Seva Nirmala Chetasam Sukhabodhaya Tatvasya Vivekoyam Vidhiyate Vivekoyam Vidhiyade. This particular chapter, which is called Tattva Viveka, Tattvasya Viveka. This particular chapter, which is called Tattva Viveka Prakaranam. Chapter entitled Tattva Viveka Vidhiyade. Now, that is being composed here. This particular chapter is composed or written for what? Sukha Bodhaya. For an easy comprehension. For an easy comprehension of the subject matter. Now we are commencing to write this first chapter entitled Tattva Viveka. For whom? Tat Padamuru Hadvandva Seva Nirmala Chetasam. Poetry here. This poetry is there only in the first two verses, that's all. Then it becomes purely a Vedantin. So then it becomes very simple. But here, Nirmala Chetasam, for those seekers, who are Nirmala Chetasam, Chetas means the mind, Nirmala Chetasam, those who enjoy what we call a pure mind, those who attain the purity of the mind. How? Seva, by service. Those who attain the purity of mind by serving. Serving what? Tat Padam Dvandva. Tat means that Guru. Pada means the feet. Amburuha again means lotus. Dvandva means the two. By service to the two lotus feet of the teacher, those who attain the purity of the heart, for them, for their easy comprehension, this particular chapter entitled Tattva Viveka is now being commenced. That's what the verse means. <coughs> the commentator explains that. He explains that the first line Tat Padam Buruhadvandva Seva Nirmala Chetasam says Tat means Tasya Guruho because Tat is a pronoun, Tat means that. Now that you can uh, that you can use only when the subject is known. Since earlier was discussed that Guru, therefore by Tat here is meant the Guru who has been referred to in the first verse. Tat means Tasya Tat Padam Buruha. Tasya pada amburuhe, tasya guruho, padau eva amburuhe. Ambu again means water. Ruh means that which sprouts. So that which grows in water is called amburuha. For lotus there are so many words. Ambuja, ambujanma, amburuha. And so again, this two, kamale, tayoho dvandvam. So these two lotus feet of the teacher. Tasya sevaya, paricharyaya, by the seva, or the paricharya, or the service to the two lotus feet of the teacher. <coughs> the two lotus feet of one teacher. One foot stands for jiva, other foot stands for brahma. And so, lotus feet point out again, the oneness of jiva and brahma. <coughs> so we serve both the feet of the teacher. 
does it mean that we serve only feet of the teacher and, and oh, don't bother about his head or anything? No, that's not the idea. Idea is that when we serve the feet of the teacher, it means serve the teacher. But I am willing to serve even the feet of the teacher, let alone anything else. Because feet represent the lowest part and the, uh, you know, the, the, what shall I say, the most inferior part of the body is, is the feet. When I serve that, then what to talk of serving the rest of the, rest of the guru? Serving the feet means serving the, the teacher. But then feet is as far as I can go. I don't still have an access to his head, which is in the, beyond the clouds. His head is a dwelling or reveling somewhere, which at the moment is not within my reach. What is within my reach is only his feet. As you must have heard in, in this Purusha Suktam, that of the Lord, the head is what? The heavens, beyond the clouds. And where are, what are the feet of the Lord? The earth. And so what we know right now or perceive is the earth, which is only the feet. And with that, with the help of that, we have to climb all the way up to the head. If, a, uh, if an ant, for example, you know, has to climb my body, where does it start from? It starts from the feet and slowly and slowly climbs up to the head. So that's where we start. All that an ant can see right now is the feet, you know, because that, it has a very limited vision. And so also at the moment I have very limited vision. All I can perceive or all I can comprehend is the feet of the teacher. With the help of them, taking the refuge of them, I have to reach the head of the teacher, where the teacher dwells. And that's why we start with the service of the feet. <coughs> and, well, again this is cultural, you know, uh, that feet of the Lord, or feet of the teacher are always that there is a great mahima or a, or a great glory of the feet and the service of the feet. <coughs> and the yogis and the devotees meditate on the feet of the Lord. And they are compared to the boat which enable you to cross the ocean of samsara, etc. So that's why this is mentioned here. <coughs> My idea is to serve the teacher, which is also cultural again, you know, service to the teacher. Stuti namaskaradi lakshanaya. So we must separate here what is cultural and what is, uh, what is Vedanta, you know. So what is paricharya in seva? Stuti namaskaradi lakshana. Stuti, the praise of the teacher. Namaskara, salutation to the teacher, etc. So the seva which includes all of this. As again the uh, Bhagavad Gita said, you know, in the fourth chapter, Tadvidhi pranipatena pariprasnena sevaya upadekshandite jnanam jnaninaha tattvadarshinaha When Lord Krishna told Arjuna that this knowledge is that which is the ultimate end in life that all the action culminates into knowledge how to gain that knowledge? Then Lord says you gain that knowledge by creating a condition for the teacher to impart knowledge to you. The idea is that before the communication can effectively take place, a sudden condition must be created. By condition we mean a frame of mind must be created. And where the frame of mind is to be created is in the student, in the disciple. And so it is compared to the tuning up. But my mind must be tuned up to the mind of the teacher. 
and then alone I can experience the grace of the teacher, his grace which is conveyed through the words. And that itself communicate. I mean, that itself creates a knowledge. So the words of the teacher convey the, the scriptures as well as his very grace. And I am the recipient of that and those words become effective in creating in me the appreciation of what the words stand for. And therefore a frame of mind is necessary. And that frame of mind is attained by the seva, by the service to the teacher. by long prostration. Parit by the right kind of question. Sevaya, by service to the teacher. <coughs> Here, Juna, when you do that, then upadekshanti te jnanam jnaninaha tattva darshinaha those wise and learned teachers will definitely impart this knowledge to you when this particular condition is created. Then you, then you invoke in him that love and compassion that we should be able to invoke. His love and compassion ever flows for everyone. But still, as we said yesterday, that sun's light is everywhere but we have to open the window. Then another light floods our room. And so also the grace and compassion of the teacher is ever there. But we have to open the heart of our own, window of our own heart. Then alone we become the recipient of them. And for that, this seva, seva means the service to the teacher, is considered to be an extremely effective means. <coughs> so by this seva, it's not easy to serve anybody, very difficult, that you must have known to serve here. It's easy to serve this kind of a teacher here, but usually it is very difficult to serve somebody. Because you have to completely give up your own personality and have to totally identify with the personality of the one whom you are serving. And so what is first required in service is that I must give up my ego. So, my ego, my insistence, my likes and dislikes, my convenience, all of that has to be in fact given up if I want to serve and please someone. To please someone is not easy. And that is how it, not easy means it enables me to grow. The idea is, by service, I am the one to gain, not the one to lose. People may feel that we may be exploited, etc. True, we may be exploited if the service is to the person who does not deserve, but otherwise, a service to the teacher is for the growth of the disciple. That I discover within me that humility, that sense of surrender, which is very necessary to gain this knowledge. I mean, which becomes, makes the mind receptive. And in that receptive mind, I can see the meaning of the verse of the teacher. <coughs> so, why this seva nirmalam? Tat padam vurhadvandva seva nirmala chetasam. My chetas or the mind becomes nirmalam, becomes free from likes and dislikes. Because my likes and dislikes are all surrendered to the teacher. And I adopt his likes and dislikes. And that is how my likes and dislikes, my sense of individuality, my convenience, all of this is surrendered at the feet of the teacher. And that is how my mind becomes purer and purer. Nirmalam. Raga dirahitam. What is mala? Mala means impurity. What is the nature of impurity? The likes and dislikes. And this ego also. The ego, the sense of possessiveness, likes, dislikes, all of these, which become the obstacles in my uh, being the right recipient. And so the receptacle, which is my mind, has to be clean 
that is achieved by the service to the teacher. Rāgādarehidam chetaha antahkaranam yesham te tathoktaha. Tathoktaha means what? Tathpādāṁ urhaddvandva seva nirmala chetasaha. Other people, tesham chetasam, thus the people who have purified their mind by the service to the lotus feet of the teacher. <coughs> For them, sukha-bodhāya, for easy, bodha means knowledge. Sukha means easily. Sukha bodhaya for the easy comprehension. Says anayasena tattva jnana utpadnaya. Sukha means anayasena without ayasa. Ayasa means exertion. Anayasa without exertion or very little exertion. So only with a small effort, with little effort, tattva jnana utpadnaya for the arising of the tattvajnanam, the knowledge of the truth. So for the people whose mind is thus prepared by the service to the teacher, for them, the easy comprehension for them. Ayam vivekaha tattvasya vivekaha vidhiyate. Ayam means vakshimana prakaraha tattvasya anaropita swarupasya akhandam satchidanandam mahavakyan lakshadeti vakshimanasya Vivekaha Aropitat Panchakoshrakshanat Jagataha Vivecharam Vidhyate Kriyate Ityartaha. <coughs> See there Vivekaha Ayam Vidhyate. Ayam means this. What is this? Vakshamana Prakara. As it will be stated. This Viveka means this discriminative inquiry. The discriminative inquiry which follows that is being vidyate, that is being composed. For tattvasya, tattva, tattva means the truth. Tat, tat means that. And tva, tva means the state. Tattva means the nature of that, the nature of the reality. So tattva, tattvasya, anaropitas rupasya. Tattva means the truth. There is an aropitas rupa. This, upon the truth that I am, there is an arupa, superimposition of the sense of limitation. So when that superimposition is eliminated, then anaropit surupa, that the true nature of myself, free from superimposition, that is called tattvam. Or the free nature of the, the true nature of creation, free from the superimposition. The true nature of the Lord, free from superimposition. It is superimposition which creates the distinct duality between Jiva, Ishvara, Jagat. When you eliminate the superimpositions, then what is, is the Tattvam, the true nature. <coughs> and what is Akhandam, Satchidanandam, Mahavakyana Lakshade. That's what the Mahavakya, that Tattvamasi, that thou art. That is called Mahavakya. What is Mahavakya? Akhandasa Bodhakam Vakyam. That which teaches us or that which reveals the akhandartha, the identity. <coughs> and what is it that is pointed out when the, when the scripture says or Upanishad says, Tattvams, you are that. What is that? Akhandam Satchidanandam. That which is akhandam, unbroken, continuous. Satchidanandam of the nature of Sat, existence, Chit, knowledge, ananda, fullness. So that is the nature of the truth. <coughs> Iti vakshamanasya vivekaha. So 
So this truth is what is going to be revealed. By what? By viveka, by discriminative inquiry. Aropitat panjakoshalakshanat jagataha vivechanam. So, as we said, there is aviveka or non-discrimination between atma and anatma. Just as by non-discrimination between iron and fire, we may think that there is round fire. <coughs> Similarly also here, I take myself to the body. It is necessary to distinguish between the atma and anatma. Aropitat panjakosha lakshanat jagataha. This particular chapter is going to... <coughs> Uh, going to uh, <coughs> describe what we call Panchakosa Viveka. That you know what is Panchakosa, or that will be discussed here. That Annamaya, Pranamaya, Manomaya, Vijnanamaya, Anandamaya, these Panchakosas are there, <coughs> which as though veil the true nature of the self, and so it is necessary to distinguish the self from the non-self, and this discriminatory inquiry, Vidyate Kriyate. That is going to be discussed, or that is what is going to be, yes, discussed in this particular chapter. So this chapter, the first chapter, is going to primarily focus the attention on viveka, discrimination between the self and non-self. What is non-self or anatma? Of the nature of panch. Purify those who have purified their mind by the service to the lotus feet of the teacher, or any other way, anyway. Regardless of how you do that. So, some other, many other methods are there for purification of mind. There are several methods. One method is stated here. But service to the uh, society even, that also. Any selfless service will become, bring about purification. Dedicated service, selfless service. <clears throat> if the teacher is a very easy uh, altar for serving. But if there is some other altar, well, that is also fine. If one feels that, well, I want to serve the poor, I want to serve the needy, and if I do it selflessly, that also will bring about purification of mind. I serve the Lord in the form of the needy, a Lord in the form of the poor, that also is fine. There must be some altar where I can surrender, or I can offer my ego, where I can offer my likes and dislikes, where I can offer my convenience. There must be some altar. Now, teacher becomes a very convenient altar because he is the living embodiment of what you are seeking in your life. Teacher, in fact, stands for what we are seeking. And therefore, it's very easy to relate and very easy to serve. That's why teacher is glorified so much. But any other kind of service also, which, which brings about an offering of my ego, an offering of my likes and dislikes, that altar also is fine. Or it may be simply the worship of Lord in a given form or without the form also. Also Lord in the form of the people, Lord in the other form, or Lord in the form of teacher, wherever, the, or whatever is altar, service of that altar or offering oneself to that altar is necessary in order to purify the mind. That's what is intended here. So however the mind is purified, for those jignyasus or the seekers, enjoying their pure mind, for their easy comprehension, this particular chapter, which is going to discuss the discrimination between the self and the non-self, is being written. <coughs> so, fit student is pointed out, and this text 
is now he makes the proposition pratigna for starting this text <coughs> from the servers now the subject matter begins right away what is what is it that the author is going to do in the subsequent verses here the commentator first tells us jiva brahmanoho ekatva lakshana vishaya sambhavanaya jivasya satya jnanaadi roopatam vidarshayishu aadau jnanasya abheda pratipadanena nityatvam sadhayati we said it was said that this vishaya or the subject matter of this text is jiva brahma aikya identity between jiva and brahma so jiva brahmano ekatva lakshana vishaya vishaya which is which is characterized by the identity between jiva and brahma sambhavanaya first of all the author vidyaranya swami by a logical analysis shows how the jiva and brahma can be one the identity between jiva and brahma that identity sambhavanaya yogyatva pradarshanaya showing that indeed jiva is brahman that is pointed out logically also so by logical uh, analysis jivasya satya jnana dirupadam didarshayishu that author wants to show that what we call jiva the individual self is in fact what satya jnana di this one is pure existence jnanam the jiva is of the nature of knowledge ananda he is of the nature of happiness so first of all the author proceeds to show how this jiva is satya he is his changeless he is eternal or he is beyond the limitation of time how is jnanam of the nature of knowledge or consciousness how is ananda of the nature of joy or fullness that's first pointed out so that's an inquiry into what we call tvampada to the individual adau gnanasya abheda pratipadanena nityatvam sadhayati so what is the uh, what is the nature of the individual i am a conscious being and so consciousness is my nature what is the nature of that consciousness we feel that the consciousness constantly changes now i am conscious of a book then i am conscious of a fan then i am conscious of a microphone and so it seems that the consciousness constantly keeps on changing and accordingly i the individual also seem to be constantly changing so thus i find myself constantly a changing entity but is there any changeless thread running in and through this changing entity that will be the truth the truth is that which ever retains its nature that is truth in me i who is constantly a, a, an entity which is in flux is there something that is constant something that is invariable something that is changeless is there something if that is so that should be my true nature so that which is changeless is always the truth and that which is changing is always incidental thus in case of the clay in the pot when you make a pot from the clay where clay now appears in the form of a pot if you break that pot it turns into pieces 
you further pound it, it becomes powder. And thus the form of that clay keeps on changing. Now it is pot, then it is species, then it is powder, whatever. But even when the, there is pot, it, there is clay. Even when there are pieces, there is clay. When there is powder, there is clay. And so clay is the unchanging or the changeless aspect. So that which is changeless is the truth. And that which is changing like the form is always incidental, is superimposition. It is necessary now. What is, what is that aspect in me which is changeless, which is true? And what is that aspect in me which is changing? That is where attention is now brought to ourselves. <coughs> Jnanasya abheda pradipadhanena The teacher here shows how jnana of the knowledge is changeless. The form of the knowledge keeps on changing, all right, but knowledge itself is changeless. Abheda pradipadhanena nityatvam sadhati That jnanam is nityam. Knowledge is nityam or changeless. That's what is first shown in several verses by the teacher here. <coughs> and so the third verse is Shabdas Parashadayo Vedyaha Vaichitriya Jagare Prathaka Tato Vibhakta Tatsamvita This is analysis of our common experience. Con- cons- commonly and constantly in the waking state, we keep on gaining knowledge of different objects. Now the knowledge of the book, then the knowledge of the glass, then the knowledge of man, fan, chair, the objects of knowledge keep on changing. That's what he says, Shabdas Prashadeho Vedyaha Jagare Vaichitriya Prathak Jagare in the waking state. Shabdas Prashadeha Vedyaha, these objects of knowledge, such as Shabdas Prashadeha, etc. Shabda means sound, Sparsha means touch. So, sound, touch, form, smell, taste, all these different objects of perception. Vaichitya, since all of them are different from one another, perfect, they are separate. The sound is not the form, form is not the touch, touch is not the smell, smell is not the taste, and therefore the objects of knowledge are constantly changing. Now there is knowledge of cow, then there is knowledge of buffalo, then there is knowledge of horse, cow is not the horse, horse is not buffalo, and therefore the objects of knowledge constantly keep on changing because these objects are different from one another. Tato tataha vibhakta tat samvita Samvita means knowledge. Tat samvita, the knowledge of these objects is tataha vibhakta. Samvita is knowledge, that's feminine. So this samvita consciousness is vibhakta, is different from these objects. So here is a cow, I have knowledge of the cow. Cow is the object of knowledge, and knowledge which illumines that cow is different from cow. Tataha vivakta. Then there is knowledge of the horse. Horse is the object of knowledge, 
the knowledge that illumines the horse is different from the horse. So knowledge is different from the object that is illumined by the knowledge. Tataha vibhakta tatsamvita The knowledge of these objects are, is different from those objects. Now, the samvita knowledge, is it changing? Aikarupya It is ekarupa. It is of the same knowledge. It is of the same nature. So in knowledge of the horse, knowledge of the cow and knowledge of a buffalo, the horse is different from cow, cow is different from buffalo, but knowledge in each case is the same. Na bhidyate, and therefore the knowledge or samvit or consciousness, na bhidyate, does not change. <coughs> very simple and uh, very easy to comprehend. If we just want to focus our attention to reality, all we have to do is shift our focus of attention from the changing to the changeless thing. That's all. Nothing else. Let the changing thing be there, all right. But then the truth is what? That it is changeless. So, here the same method is employed that the objects, the, in every form of knowledge, there is an object of knowledge and there is knowledge. That object keeps on changing, the knowledge does not change. <coughs> and that which does not change is called nitya. Nitya means changeless, not affected by the change in time. <coughs> now the commentator explains, Shabdas Parashadeha Ityadina Nityatvam Sadhayati See, that's a continuation of the earlier statement. Jnanasya abheda pratipadanena nityatvam sadhayati shabdas prashadayaha ityadina. By several verses beginning from shabdas prashadayaha, the author in fact establishes the fact that jnanava knowledge is nityam, is changeless. This particular fact is established by the verses beginning from shabdas prashadayaha. <coughs> Tatratavada Vispashta Vivaharavati Jagare Gnanasya Abhedam Sadayati. In this particular process of establishing the changelessness of the knowledge, Tatra, Tavada then, first this particular thing is established in the waking state. Vispashta Vivaharavati Jagare. Jagare means the waking state. What is the characteristic of waking state? So that it involves a very distinct transaction, where the transactions which take place are very clearly known to us. So waking state is that where the transactions which take place are very clearly known to us. And therefore it is very easy to understand the nature. And then the same understanding can then be extended to the dream state in the deep sleep state. But the waking state here is first taken for the inquiry because the experiences here are very clear. This first Vyavaharavati Jagare in the waking state, Jnanasya Abhedam Sadayati, the teacher establishes Abheda or the changelessness of Jnanam, of knowledge. Shabdaiti. <coughs> what is Jagaritam? What is waking state? He explains that Jagare. Indriyahi arthopalabdihi jagaritam iti uklakshane. See, jagare is a word from the text. 
शब्द स्पर्शालो वेद्य वैचित्र जागरे प्रसक दट जागरे इज दिस जागरे इन द टीका वट इज द वेकिंग स्टेट शंकराचार्य इन द टेक्स्ट पंचीकरणम गिव्स डेफिनेशन ऑफ द थ्री स्टेट्स दट द वेकिंग स्टेट इज डिफाइंड लाइक दिस दिस कैरेक्टरिस्टिक और लक्षण ऑफ द वेकिंग स्टेट and the definition must be very tight definition must be such that it should not exclude what is necessary and it should not include what is not necessary so avyapti should not be there ativyapti should not be there etc <coughs> so there this waking state is explained like this indriyahi arthopalabdhi jagaritam what is waking state indriyahi arthopalabdhi upalabdhi means knowledge arthopalabdhi knowledge of the objects indriyahi by the sense organs so perception of the objects by sense organs this is called the waking state <coughs> why did said language because even in the dream also there is perception of the objects in fact in the dream also we have a, sen- a very similar experience as we have in the waking state how do we distinguish between the waking state and the dream state in a waking state the knowledge comes through the organs of perception in the dream state is not these organs of perceptions are not pressed into service that's the distinction otherwise experience is very similar but then the experience is caused here by the organs of perception so it is said indriyahi arthopalabdhi perception of the objects through the sense organs is jagaritam that's the characteristic of this waking state <coughs> the uktarakshane the waking state that is so described or defined avastha vishesha which is a particular state of experience particular state of mind in this jagare vedyaha vidyaha means the objects of knowledge says samvid vishayabhutaha so those which are the objects of knowledge samvid vishayabhutaha shabdas prashadaya <coughs> you may underline these words and you know which words come from the text so vedyaha comes from the text shabdas prashadaya from the text jagare from the text so before coming to the class we just spot those things then you will know how the words in the text are explained by the commentator <coughs> shabdas prashadaya all these different objects such as the sound this this the touch etc आकाशादिगुणत्वेन प्रसिद्धा शब्द और द साउंड इज द क्वालिटी ऑफ द एलिमेंट स्पेस टच इज द क्वालिटी ऑफ द एलिमेंट एयर फॉर्म इज द क्वालिटी ऑफ द एलिमेंट फायर टेस्ट इज द क्वालिटी ऑफ द एलिमेंट वाटर स्मेल इज द क्वालिटी ऑफ द एलिमेंट अर्थ दिस इज अ वेदांतिक मॉडल सो वेदांतिक मॉडल इज that the created universe is thought to be consisting of or made up of five elements why five elements because we have five organs of perception therefore if there is a sixth element we would not even know it because we don't have just a sense to perceive so those i mean there are some there are there are jeevas or there are creatures having only one sense perception there are creatures having two sense perceptions there are creatures having 3 there are creatures having 4 and here is a creature having 5 so there are all these creatures in the creation 
Now those who are endowed with only one sense of perception, they will not know the rest of the creation anyway. If there are devatas who have six or seven organs of perception, they will know more than we know. Indra is supposed to have thousand eyes, you know, things like that. Idea is that there may be much more potential which they may be able to experience, it's different upadi. But anyway, the creation is supposed to be or are said to be made up of these five elements. Each element has its own distinct characteristic and each element becomes the object of knowledge by the corresponding sense perception. So, Akashadi Gunatvena Prasiddhaha, the five elements, Akashavayu, Agni, Apastusri, each one of them has the corresponding quality, Shabdas Parsharu Parasagandha, so those which are very well known, those objects, Tat Adharatvena Prasiddhaha, Akashadayascha, not only the objects such as sound, touch, etc., but even the elements of which these are the qualities. So Akasha is what? The Adhara, the abode of sound. Sound has, sound abode abides where? In Akasha. Touch abides where? In Vayu. Form abides where? In fire. And so all these fivefold objects as well as those elements which are the locus for these I mean, for these objects, Prasiddhaha, Akashadayasya, Vaichitriya, comes from the text. Because they are, they are many or various, since they are various, Parasparam, Vailakshanyo, Pedatva, since they are all, I mean, different from one another, Gavashvadivat, Go Ashvadivat, Go means a cow, Ashva means a horse. A common example, like horse is different from the cow, and so also, Shabda is different from Sparsha. Sparsha is different from Rupa, just as the cow is different from a horse. And since all these objects are characterized as being different from one another, Prusak, they are all different. Parasparam Vidyante, they are all different from each other. Meaning that the different objects that we constantly perceive, all of them are different from one another. <coughs> Whereas, the summit of the knowledge by which these objects are known, that knowledge of consciousness is not different. The same consciousness which illumines all the objects. So, consciousness is changeless, the objects are changing. This is the, you must have heard Swamiji also saying in the analysis that in our experiences, in any experience there are two elements, one is subject, other is the object that is experienced. In this, the subject, the I, is changeless, and the object which I experience constantly changes. But even in the subject also, I find now that I am happy, then I am unhappy, then I am speaker, then I am walker, then I am eater, even subject also keeps on changing. In the subject also there is a changing aspect and a changeless aspect. I am the speaker, I am the eater, I am the walker. That speaker, walker, eater keeps on changing. That I, I, I remains changeless. That I itself is samvit. That consciousness is indicated here by the word samvit. That's a changeless aspect. That's a changeless thing. Everything else keeps on changing. And so that changeless is the truth of the I. The changing is that which is incidental, superimposed. 
will continue tomorrow. Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Vashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Vadarayanam Sutra Bhashya Krutavande Bhagavantav Punapunaha Ishvaro Guru Ratmeti Murti Veda Vibhagine Vyoma Vadyapta Dehaya Dakshina Murtaye Namaha Om Shanti 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 Harihi Om Shri Guru Namaha Harihi Om